Hello, welcome to You Haven't Blanked That. I'm Forrest. And this is Jimmy. excited we finally made it dude it's finally done finally is definitely the word so everybody we are here to talk about harry potter and the deathly hollows i'm sad that we're here now horse i am not really you didn't give two shits about this i have never gotten to an end of a story <gasps> and not given a fuck about anything oh my god dude why i just didn't I just didn't give a fuck. Well, there's no part of the story that you liked. There are things that I like, but then I feel like there's other things that outweigh that I just didn't like that just kind of... What What did you... Pacing fell off to me. Okay, well, what did you think of the story As of the Deathly Hollows? That's an okay... That's a cool story. I like that. I'll give you that. The story of the Deathly Hollows and the Three Brothers, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Although I don't think I need an explanation as to why there's a fucking invisibility cloak in every goddamn book. <laughs> Uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. Harry has been burdened with a dark and dangerous and seemingly impossible task. That of locating the, and destroying the Voldemort's remaining Horcruxes. Never has Harry felt so alone or faced a future so full of shadows. But Harry must somehow find within himself the strength to complete the task he has been given. He must leave the warmth, safety, and the companionship of the the burrow and follow without fear or hesitation the inexorable path laid out for him. In this final seventh installment of the Harry Potter series, J.K. Rowling unveils in spectacular fashion the answers to the many questions that have been so eagerly awaited. The spellbinding, richly woven narrative plunges, twists, and turns. At the breathtaking pace, confirms the author as a mistress of storytelling. That sounds so dirty. Uh, Dan Rice is a mistress of storytelling. I don't know the fuck J.K. Rowling is. Whose books will be read, reread, and read again. But yeah, so it's well, also like... Well, I'm going to throw it out there. That last sentence is a total fucking lie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try to break these, this story into chunks here. What are your thoughts about Harry's... Lineage and Voldemort's lineage, because they're both descendants, and they're all of the of the, the three brothers. We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> Is that what that's supposed to be? Or no, it was. We're not so different, you and I. <sighs> Is Merlin like Wizard Jesus? Uh, no, Merlin's more like Wizard Elvis. So they acknowledge that he exists, and he's like Elvis. Yeah, because the thing is... I mean, it's, it's public domain, so they can just use it. Yeah, because there's an award that the wizards have that once you achieve whatever, you achieve like a Merlin... The, say the Merlies? <laughs> the Merlies? No, but he's got like... 
oh, Merlin, first class wizard, or some bullshit like that. But it's in the beginning, it's in the first book. I know. It's on the back of the chocolate frog card. Oh my god. So, okay. <laughs> you know how fucking crazy you sound? <laughs> oh, it's on the back of the fucking chocolate frog card forest! <laughs> Duh! <laughs> Being that we just finished reading The Half-Blood Prince, and Dumbledore dying. Oh, and I know he's dead, but he's there. But did you think he was alive, though? Because you can still have your portrait up on the wall and still be alive. It's just like the, photo like the photographs. It's just like a charm placed on the portrait itself. Um, no, I thought he was dead. Did you? Okay, because the first time I thought he was alive, reading it, thinking like, okay, there's gotta, he's got to come back somehow or another. And then also, like, with the shard of the mirror... I don't he know kept... much about rings, but I know that shit happens in rings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, like, also, like, in the mirror, he sees Al uh, Albus Dumbledore's eye, like, winking at him and disappears. So Harry, throughout the whole entire book, is, like, convinced that Dumbledore's still alive. He's seen him in the mirror. It means he's, like, somewhere and he has to find him. Dude, why do you hate this fucking story, dude? Try. It has everything that you, you like well, in a story. Okay. Okay. And I'm not, and I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna say that this is gonna sound like me being a piece of shit to you right now. Okay. But you tell me what I like. <laughs> <laughs> fucking words, a complex story, character arcs, development of like narrative. I don't know if there's, there's stuff in here for us. <laughs> like, like I don't. I see no reason why you would not like these books. I've given you plenty of reasons why I've not liked these books. He complained that the characters aren't, like, reacting enough for you, and all these characters do are nothing but react. They're all terrified. You basically have a war going on. The school's already been attacked. And then you got uh, the Malfoys, who are the main villains or the adversaries for Harry. Turns out, they're all fucking terrified. The, or the Malfoys are completely, like, done. Voldemort's taking over the house. They killed the teacher... The Muggle Studies teacher in front of, like, everybody. They didn't give a shit at a point. I can, I can tell you don't give a shit because you're on your phone, like, looking up memes No, I'm looking right at, now. no. We got, <laughs> when you were looking up your fucking synopsis, I was looking at memes. Oh I've gosh. got my notes here. I, I, do you want me to go over my notes then? Yeah, I go over, over my notes. Go over your notes. I've got, I've got criticisms and questions I need answered. Okay, so let's start off. The, the book starts off with the murder of the Muggle. Your Muggle Studies The Muggle Studies teacher, right? Do you yeah. have a problem with that scene? Actually, yes, I do. Okay, what's your problem with that scene? Kill, McGon Kill McGonagall. Why? Oh my god, why? And that's the reason why. That reaction. That reaction is why. Oh my gosh. Or Flintwick, or one of the other ones. Okay, you want to keep McGonagall so you can use her later in this one? This is that's a fine. goddamn children's Kill story so, for us. And not at this point. <laughs> Dom bags off, gloves are off. <laughs> You're getting fucked. Will people die? Point, People die. People die, but no. Who, did they? When was that Muggle Studies teacher come up at all in those other books? When does the Muggle Studies teacher come up at all? When do you have any connection to that teacher at all? Page, when she's page three. Page three, three of this book. <laughs> like even you know what, dude? Don't even wait. Fine. You know what? And I and I and, and it's not a character I hated, but fucking kill Trelawney. Kill somebody you have a connection with. And you just don't. You you bring a muggle studies teacher that you've well, first never... Off, no one will kill a Trelawney. Because... Because she would just fucking talk their ear off and annoy them. <laughs> no, because she, <laughs> she still gives out prophecies, though. 
Okay, first off, I, I don't give a shit about your prophecies oh, anymore. Okay. But no, seriously, like that's my be... Neville Longbottom. No, good. Neville Longbottom annoys me the least. He's just like, yeah, I suck, but I'm getting there. Kill somebody that you have. You know what I mean? Fred, oh, like, like Fred. Like let's kill Fred. No, no. I, first off, that got ruined for me uh, like way before I started reading this. book. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, that sucks. But I had a feeling one of them was gonna die anyway. You don't have twins without killing well, one. They made that holy joke in the beginning of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, like, like Lupin or Artanas killed them both? They died. <gasps> I know. <laughs> kill kill a teacher. Kill Flitwick. Who's the... Is that Flitwick is the... Uh, Sprout. Sprout. Kill yeah. fucking Sprout. You have some kind of connection with Sprout. You, you, you've, ha you've seen her class. You've seen her other... Why bring in another teacher you've not seen at all? Or put that other teacher in? Why didn't they put that teacher in? It was to demonstrate the fact that they don't want no muggle blood or any muggle no, lover in and this I, place. That's fine. You but, muggle lover. <laughs> that's fine. I, I get what they're trying to do. But there's no impact on it when it's somebody you're just meeting for two it's fucking seconds. It's a shocking it's not turn shocking. of event to have no. someone just die in the first page of a children's book. At this point, if you are starting one, if you are reading at the level that they are asking you to, you're starting when you're 10 and you're up to 17... You've seen someone get murdered. Okay. Regardless. You're going to kill somebody off. Kill somebody off that's that make an impact with it. Don't just fucking kill... Oh, yeah. Did you know there's a fucking Muggle Studies teacher this whole time? And she's going to get fucking killed in the first three pages of but the book? But they mentioned Muggle Studies beforehand. But they don't... They, they mention Muggle... They're like, oh, there's a Muggle Studies class. They don't tell you who the fuck the teacher is. And they don't tell you... And yeah, you don't ever see the fucking do. teacher. Her when is Charity. No, they, yeah, they tell She's you. Fucking huh, dead. <laughs> they tell you in the first three pages of this book that you don't see it in the fucking thousands of other pages that the story has. You like things that like show you like how things are going to be or foreshadowing. Did you see Tonks and Lupin as a foreshadowing of what was going to happen? That they're going to die. Yeah. No, I'll give you that. I didn't really? see I, the first time I read, Actually, read it. I knew it when they called Harry the Godfather. What? Because I figured they're gonna have to make a mirror. Harry grew up without a, with a family. Now that he's here and he's named as Godfather, and they made it a kind of a point that like we want you to be the Godfather. If he, now Harry's gonna be the serious of Teddy Lupin. But yeah, is Teddy Lupin the cursed child? He's in it. I know he's in it, but is he the cursed child? You know the okay. So I love these seven books. The Cursed Child is not a book that I love. I ha I have it. I own it somewhere here in this room. I, I bought it for Lisa. I've not read it. I've got the audio version. I think it's best. There's so many things wrong with it, and I, I already uh, pick it up. Uh, I want to see. I want to see if I like it more than the other shit. Uh, okay. I want to see. I want to uh, see. Okay. If I'll reread it for that reason, but I can't I, read that's, it out. It's that's, it's, that's it's infuriating my... going through it. I want to see, but it's it's written like a play. I know, I know yeah, it's yeah. written it's like... Not, it's not like a story. I know it's written like... But even more so, it should have been better. Charity's fucking dead. Uh, the yeah, fucking uh, Dursleys, what did you think about them the last last night seeing them? Do you get why the Dursleys are fucking dicks, though? We're at the end of the story. Do you understand why they're dicks? Why they're fucking shitty people? Just in general, they're shitty people. No, because Harry is the last Horcrux. And when you're in the proximity of any horcruxes, it corrupts everything around them. It makes you more oh, hateful. Oh, that makes sense. So that's why they've been shitty this entire fucking time. That's why with 
What's his name? But no, Not because what's, what's no, because Petunia was shitty to to Lily. She was jealous. Is all that was. That was all jealousy. She was jealous because she wanted to go to the school. She wrote to Dumbledore asking to go to the school, and Dumbledore said no because she had no magic abilities. And so she was just mad about it. She was mad that her sister was going to do something, her younger sister was going to do something that she wanted to, that there's no way that she could be able to do. That's why she was mad. And she was upset but that this mad. creepy little boy down the street or whatever would spy on them. And then now these two, that little boy stole her sister away back to his world rather than like her and her sister being close. But because Lily died... She blames the Wizarding World for that. She would not have died if she didn't go to that school. She would still be alive. So but there's resentment still that's there. That's a horseshit. That's a horseshit thing. Then what do you mean? Because then Ron would just be shitty the entire book. Why would he be like shitty the entire series? If Harry's a horcrux, if Harry's a horcrux, right? Right. And his his the Dursleys are shitty because he's by him because he's a horcrux, right. like you're saying. That everybody in Gryffindor would be a piece of shit to everybody. And they are piece of shits. They are pieces. All of shit. Gryffindors are pieces of shits. No. Yeah, they are. No. Yeah, they are. No. They discriminate every Slytherin in that fucking school. They fucking Harry has an issue with every fucking person he meets. He doesn't have an issue with every person he meets. Who doesn't he have an issue with? Dumbledore. Dumbledore's just fascinated that this kid happens to have one of the Deathly Hollows with him since day one and asked to see it. Because he's jealous of this like little kid. Because Dumbledore just wants power. And he knows that he can't be trusted with it. And then to find out, he literally raised Harry from book one to the very end to just lay out his last... like. But still, Ron Weasley would be a piece of shit the whole time too then. Ron's kind of a dick too. He's not that much... He's out at Dursley. No, but literally... How much? Oh, that you know, you do make more more of a sense because they are in that school pretty much the entire yeah. year. But he's away from them during the summer. That's fine. He's away from them during the summer, but that doesn't. But the Jerseys have more time with Harry than. They're fucking bunkmates. Yeah, but they're talking about Harry. What, how old is he? Like one month old when the whole shit happens. So from one month old. Till, like, but then, then there would be okay, fine, fine. Given going off your theory, yeah, there would be some, there would be some by book five or six. Yeah, and he gets pissed off at him. He gets pissed. He gets pissed off at him. He ditches them because he's just tired of it. He's angry at Harry. He's angry at Hermione about being then, left okay, out. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Okay, going off that. Finally, keeping up with your keeping up with your theory, then that they should have not ever made up and been friends again. They should not have made up and been friends again. They should have been enemies for the rest of the story, going off of your theory. No, because he's away from Harry. He misses his and friends. And he comes back and then But he misses Hermione more than he does Harry. And that's what brings him back to him. That's what brings him back to the thing with the Deluminator. Which, um, they explain how the Deluminator works, and I'm like, no, we get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that annoyed me. Do you so, figure out the sword and the dough? Did you figure out whose Patronus that was, or no? No, not until the end. Not like, until the end. Yeah. And then with uh, Professor Umbridge having the Horcrux around her neck, hence why she was a shitty person. Yeah, she had it on, in book five also. She had it in book five. She had it the whole time in book five. Yes. You're sure? No, she she is a piece of shit. That No, she is a piece of shit. The Horcrux 
didn't make her a piece of shit, because she was always a piece of shit, the Horcrux made her more so. Does she have it on her in that book? Because I think they describe it in book five that she had it on. Because uh, even Creature says that they swapped the necklaces immediately before they locked it away. It does not indicate that Dolores Umbridge had the locket prior to Order of the Phoenix. Canon does not indicate that Dolores Umbridge had the locket Horcrux prior to or during the events of Order of the Phoenix. But, uh, okay, what else is going on? <laughs> because Harry is a Horcrux. That's why he shoots the golden flames out of his wand. When they're doing the yeah. Night of Potters. The Seven Potters. That's where fucking Mad-Eye Moody dies. Yeah, no, I gotcha. And Hedwig dies. Are you sad about that? You heartless piece of shit. When Hedwig dies? Yeah. Oh, I guess this owl just couldn't fly away. Oh my gosh. He was in a cage. Despite all this rage. <laughs> um, I have a question. Go ahead. Because you had mentioned Creature. Why doesn't he just have Creature find the Horcruxes? He could have. He 100% could have. Why didn't he do that? But he, he didn't. It's, it's a... I think it's because J.K. Rowling wanted this adventure to go out, but she didn't really plan that part of it. Because I even thought about that, too, in the beginning. At the same time, yeah, that that story would have been, like, maybe half the book, if Good. that was the case. Hopefully it keeps shut, Hermione. At the same time, you have to remember that Creature doesn't want to follow the rules, and they kind of somewhat build a friendship with him. Once they find out the truth about what's going on, about how he like helped the black family attain the locket, well, what did you expect it was going to happen? Before you started reading it, what did you expect was going to happen? I thought the Deathly Hollows would be like this place they go to. You guys go to this fucking place and do some dark shit to take yeah. care of all this. And no, it wasn't that at all. See, what would you think of Grindelwald's symbol? Is Grindelwald... Grindelwald. He's not, he's not Magic Hitler? He is. Okay, so he's Magic Hitler. Yeah, he well, he was more just... He's more of a Stalin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> more of a Stalin. Maybe a Ho Chi Minh. Okay, so after reading like, a bunch of Reddit forums and whatnot, Grindelwald has that one blue eye. But they're saying that like Grindelwald was so desperate to find the Deathly Hollows that he was trying to like obtain them any way he can. For whatever reason, the invisibility cloak, nothing could penetrate it, except for Mad-Eye Moody's eye, who, when he... He could, he could see, yeah, for Mad-Eye, he could see Harry uh, with the cloak, with his eye. The Reddit group was saying that Mad-Eye got that eye from Grindelwald. He more than likely probably stole that eye from another godlike being or a very powerful charm thing. You've seen the Fantastic Beast, right? Uh, both of them, yes. So you're aware that Newt Scamander's brother is Theseus. So being that his name is Theseus, then you just also would assume that the Greek mythologies are also part of canon, part of the if thing. You will. Grindelwald being so power hungry, trying to find what he 
he needed he needed a, a godlike being or a godlike object to find. Is that the eye thing that they talk about? And the the one that the eye that all three of them share type of thing is that what yeah. they say? Yeah. So they're they're saying that the eye is the eye of fate. That those three ones. And share. That's what Grindelwald uses to put into his eye. So he that's what he's looking the world through. So he's got one eye seeing everything. So that's how he sees everything at the end of that movie. At the end of the second movie, where he's like, I've seen this, and we're talking about World War II. Okay, so Grindelwald, uh, through Pottermore, he is a seer. So okay. he, do, he does, like, prophecies and whatnot. Does he but see things? He, he does. But that the skull that he uses to, like, show you what's going on and breathe the smoke into it, or blows the smoke into it to show the projection of, like, World War Two, that skull doesn't show you what's going on. It just amplifies, it projects your thoughts outwards okay so it's written in the script like it talks about the skull itself and then like that's what he uses to show everything because that's what Grindelwald is seeing that's what he knows to be true and he's using the skull as like a projection to show everybody around him but then also Grindelwald wrote a thing that was became like his like anthem or became Dumbledore's anthem which is like for the greater good or whatever. The greater good. But that saying was written on the skull before he met Albus Dumbledore. Yeah. So Grindelwald, if that skull indicates that he had it prior, that means that Grindelwald, being a seer, orchestrated his whole meeting with Albus and like manipulated his whole friendship to be where it was for him to be able to like yeah have him love him and then use that blood bond. To make sure that they never fought because he was the only adversary he was ever going to have. Yeah. Quick question about Dumbledore's sister. Oh, yeah. Um, is that supposed to be like a special needs person? No. It's not supposed to be an allegory for special needs? No, not at all. What was it supposed to be then? Uh, so, so just like with Fantastic Beasts, what's the fucking kid's name? He's a, what, an Obscurial. Okay. Obscurial. Obscurial. Like right? Yeah. So it's basically somebody who has magic abilities that it suppresses them on purpose. The magic within them kills them because it makes them too volatile. And they'll just they so just is die. it like the the Wizarding World autoimmune disease type of thing? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But what happened? Because like they tell you in the story what happened. Um, Alberforth tells you what's up. That the fact that like she was hanging out. Oh, and then some boys saw her do her magic abilities, and they all picked on her. And I believe they beat her up. Yeah, and the dad went and killed him. And the dad went to go talk to him and ended up killing the, the kids or whatever. Yeah. But it left her so afraid to show her magic abilities that she repressed her magic completely. Yeah. So she became an obscurial by default because she was... They tried to tend to her, but she didn't want... She rejected her own powers, and then that's how she kind of, like, became this obscurial. And actually, a good reason why Dumbledore might have created a horcrux in this whole story too right they had that duel Albaforth was knocked out and then it was either Grindelwald or Albus that killed his sister yeah and Al Dumbledore never wanted to know what was who did it because either way it was going to kill him because yeah. that grief was too much but to create a horcrux you have to kill somebody to create one to split your own soul I don't think it's the fact that of killing somebody is just believing that you've killed somebody so, because he thought he killed his sister and through that grief 
he somehow created a Horcrux, and his Horcrux was Fox, the, yeah. the Phoenix. Yeah. And so the only reason why it could be Fox the Phoenix is because, like, later on when Dumbledore is talking about Nagini, he talks about the Horcruxes that he believes Nagini is the Horcrux too because he advises Harry one should never put a Horcrux in another living being because it, like, it has its mind of its own and, like, you can't trust what it would do. But the verbiage he uses is very clear that he's speaking from experience. experience. And then the fact that both feathers in Voldemort's wand and in Harry's wand are the same fox feathers. They duel in like the Goblet of Fire. That connection is there and they build that cage around them and then like Harry hears a voice but the book never tells you whose voice it is saying don't break the connection hold on to it he sees his parents and whatever they, they decide to defend him and so they attack voldemort they break the connection and they take off that voice i believe is dumbledore and i believe it's dumbledore because he created that horcrux with fox and because it's within harry's wand and the wand chooses the wizard it chose harry um and then at the end of the, the end of the whole fucking story Harry chooses to die because he made that choice that changes everything. But then when he's in like that limbo or heaven or in between at the cross, the yeah, King's cross. cross, he sees two things in that in that place. He sees one, uh, Voldemort, the baby Voldemort, all gross and disgusted because yeah. he never nurtured that part of his soul mm-hmm. because it was always a part of him. So it's just like left neglected and just. Dis- on the floor and the other part of his soul that he like embraced was Dumbledore and yet Dumbledore's there as well in his mind being that that's the case it's like it just said like there's a bunch of little connections that kind of build up that would lead to like why Fox was important why the twin cores were important and why at the end of Harry's life he sees the horcrux that was within him and then he also sees Dumbledore You're not so different, different, you and I. But once Harry's wand broke, that connection broke as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just an interesting theory that all the clues are there. Uh, Dumbledore's sister is a fucking uh, obscurial. That there's a giant connection between the the twin cores and no no one brings it up at all. There's that weird voice in the book four that is nobody that Harry knows. It's just a voice within him that tells them what to do. Like so, I, I just thought it was pretty weird. Let's go, go, let's, go, let's go movie. Let's go to the movie. It seems like you want to talk about movie more than book. Yeah, because this book was like... Mm. Dude, this, the book was a thousand times better than the fucking movie. The movie is split up into two fucking useless parts. Oh, what about Dobie's fucking death? Um, I like Dobie. That was, that was shitty. But it wasn't like, oh man... Really? When you were when you're reading, I did not. Book? Okay, nothing in this book made me sad. If that's what you're gonna ask, not even the fact that like Dobby is fucking dead by Beatrix. Harry decides to just dig the grave rather than use magic on it to show that like he, like it, it's it's a nothing. You didn't care about that? No, I was just like, oh, he's digging a grave. 
Okay. You're a heartless piece of shit. You sometimes. are a heartless piece of shit, dude. Like, I don't, I don't even know what to tell you. Like, I seriously just didn't give a shit. But the thing is, like, you, when you don't give a shit prior to anything, like, you, you just don't no, give a shit. No, but I, I don't even give me that because I fucking try. I sat through seven books. Yeah, you're good. So, and I don't, I'm going to be honest. I I think if... Did you check out before the books? No, no, no. I, I listened book? to them all. I got, I got my okay. notes. I okay. But I will say, I don't think I would have stuck this long if I wasn't listening to it being read to me. I think I would have given up way away. I think halfway. At this least book, halfway look through. at that book. I read that within like four days. It was just like. Because it's, it's such an engaging, fast paced book. It's a fast paced book, Forrest. Oh my god. I don't need your pity clap. Fine. <laughs> Thanks. So we just meet Bill in this movie, and then in three seconds he goes, Hey, I'm Bill. Uh, I got scratched by Greyback. That happened in the last book. Yeah, we should have... For not- seven fucking years you've been in this family, and you're finally be like, Oh, I'm Bill. Yeah. Well, because they, they didn't introduce him. Cause they, if it didn't involve Harry in any of the movies, they didn't introduce characters. Because we should have met Bill on Goblet of Fire. Because that's when he came back uh-huh. with the with dragons. Uh-huh. Yeah, like it just didn't make sense. Like, why even have Bill in then? I mean, if we're talking about the movies, it's just going to be nothing but hatred from my end. I uh, fucking hate the movies. Um, one thing that made me laugh, though, is they keep saying Dalahav for one of the one of the wizards. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they kept saying, like, Dalarhav, and that's who uh, Ray Fiennes plays in Red Dragon, is Francis Dalarhav. Oh, okay. And I kept hearing that, and I'm like, what? Oh, wait, no, that's what we're watching, yeah. But let's go back to the book. What do you think of the Gini in the skin of that one woman? Okay. No, dude, I thought that was pretty dope. Like, that was great fucking writing. Where, like, they're in the grave. Harry finally sees his mom and dad's grave stones. They see one of the the brothers of the... What are they called? The Preverall, Preverall brothers? Yeah. And then, like, they see the mark there. They're still trying on the quest of, like, trying to figure out where the Horcruxes are. They're getting lost on the side quest about the Deathly Hollows. There's, like, this woman calling them over. Uh-huh. And then, like, I, like, they do it so well where, like, they call them over. She doesn't want to talk. And then she, like, separates Harry, Harry from Hermione. Hermione. Yeah. And then she starts talking to him, and Harry understands. She's speaking parcel tongue, and Harry doesn't catch it until, like, it's too late. And she bursts out of the skin and starts fucking attacking him. No? No. Dude, that was fucking dope! And then the fucking Voldemort is, like, seeing through Nagini's eyes, so he's, like, on his way there. Harry can feel him coming, like, you know, getting stronger. And the rage is, like, burning in through his, like, his scar, and he has to take off. No. Oh my god, horse. So you see Gringotts in the first book. Yeah. And they hardly mention it. Like they'll say it here and they're like, oh, I need to pop into Gringotts. Yeah, yeah. Right? But you don't see it. Like they don't go into it at all. Yeah. Did they literally just set up Gringotts in that first book so they could have this scene in the last one? No. I think they just kind of set it up as whatever and they just kind of had it. But they did set up the Chamber of Secrets specifically for this book. Because they need to get the Basilisks. The Basilisks. They're in the room of requirement. They're trying to find the gray lady. The Baron was his fucking face. Oh. Uh, knows the gray lady, but they don't talk because, like, the reason, like, they're all dead is because of him. Yeah. And so, like, she just wants to fucking talk to him, but, like, he finally, like, chat with him and she, like, talks about the thing. In the movie, though, that scene's fucking dope. She's, like, flying up the Ravenclaw Tower. Yeah. And they're floating around, 
And then she just fucking, like, I don't know where she goes. She fucking snaps. I'm like, he defiled it with black magic. I'm like, oh, shit. But like, that's not in the book. Like, it's very kind of, like, low-key, kind of like, I yeah. stole it from my mother. And, like, somebody fucked with it. Yeah, and, and I, I feel like the last battle in the book is very low, is very short and low-key. What do you mean? With Voldemort? The battle? In the, the book, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, which, which, and then and, and this is giant, like, I'm going to jump around and fucking do wizard shit in the movie. Yeah, it was... Okay, and that's weird, too, because in the book, uh, Voldemort is in the Shrieking Shack. Yeah. Not, like, just hanging out in the woods. and then But he's still communicating with the school through the shriek, like the Shrieking Shack to them. Like, saying, yeah. Fucking, and then it gets to... And then with Snape running Hogwarts, it's like Schindler's Hogwarts in, in oh, that movie. Oh, so in that scene, Snape's firing. But to, in the movie, it's like... They just kind of go through it really quickly that Snape is, like, battling, flies off. Yeah. But in the movie, it's a fucking really cool scene where he's in the Great Hall, and Harry's there, McGonagall's there, and then I believe the school, the class is kind of, like, around Yeah, because they sneak in in the, in the book, they sneak in. And then, like, yeah, and then, like, the, well, they sneak in in the book, too. Well, they sneak in in the movie. He, he was trying to get the Horcrux out of the... And McGonagall comes in and helps them. Yeah, and, but uh, when, the, when McGonagall and Snape are fighting, and they're slapping those spells back and forth, and Snape is, like, you see how fucking skilled Snape is as a fucking wizard. Because not only is he fucking blocking McGonagall's fucking spells at the same time, countering each one, but it gets to the point where he he doesn't want to hurt her, and he doesn't want to hurt anybody in that school. So what he ends up doing is ricocheting one of her spells to hit both Death Eaters on either side of him. Mm-hmm. Like you see him catch her spell, and you see it throw it to the left, catch another spell, and throw it to the right. And then once those two are knocked out... He takes off flying, but before so, he flies to the left and he flies to the right to steal the wands to make sure when they come to, they're not able to attack the students. And then he flies out the fucking window. Like, that was fucking dope. That was dope as fuck. You didn't, you didn't care? No. You, you, you can't really see it, like, right away. Yeah. Because it's, but the second viewing, you'll see him, like, well, straight up castle spells aside. Here's the, so they okay, so at the end of the first movie, uh-huh. they break Luna out of Draco Manor because then they take her out then they take her out of Hogwarts because she was kinda like defying and everything and Right, and then plus the Quibbler was so, constantly talking about yeah. how Harry was like So the, like we'll say nothing's changed in the ministry between end of movie one and right when he goes into Yeah, because in So the book, why the fuck would she just go back to Hogwarts? Because everybody else is going back to Hogwarts. So the, the thing is, like, if you... But no, she goes back as a student. She doesn't go back and sneak in with Harry. She goes back as a student. Yeah, because she is there as a student. And during yeah. her summer break, or her winter break, she comes back out, and that's when she realizes it's not good to go back to the school. Because a lot of the students didn't go back to school after Christmas. She got kidnapped by the ministry... Yeah, but the, if, if she had the school, they're going to know... If, if Snape is running the school and Snape is working for the Ministry at this point, and the Ministry is fucked up and evil right now, uh-huh. they're going to know... Snape's going to not be like, oh, Luna's back. That's all he's going to know. He's not going to know that they fucking stopped her out of her dad's house. And they're not going to send anybody to get Like They're just going to put her back over there. That's why the movie sucks. Because in the book... They do that shit in the book, too? No. Because she's, she gets freed. Hermione made sure... That the Death Eaters that came up to the Lovegood house saw Harry fall f- from the ceiling to the bottom to know that he was telling the truth, and then they disapparated. So that way, like, they knew they weren't going to kill Luna because he didn't lie. Like, he was there. So most of the movie takes place at the school. Uh-huh. Uh, 
they could have just—I I feel like they could have just cut it fast. They could have made it like Fury Road and done it like cut it that fast, like just just keep moving, keep moving, keep yeah. moving, keep moving. Have a little bit of like have a little bit of break, but move it, move fast. There was no reason why that those that movie the last two movies should it should have just been one movie. Yeah, it, they just melted. Because, yeah, they just melted because they wanted the money. And the thing is, like, everybody paid for it. It was so dumb. Oh, Snape's young makeup when he is... When they do the flashback. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When it shows him as, like, like oh, like, he's he was done being a Death Eater and he's trying to bargain with Dumbledore about Snape. His makeup, like, he looks like Robert Smith from The Cure does now. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty thick. Flashback in the movie was weak. The movie is all garbage to me. Like, it, you know what... I take that back because there are some cool scenes to see. The Gringotts scene with the, the vault is pretty dope. Seeing Snape battle McGonagall is dope. What I didn't like was Voldemort's death. It just looks like the snap. Like It looks like Thanos just snapped and fucking... Yeah, he just dissolved. And it was just such a dissatisfying fucking... I'm not fucking, feeling too like, good, Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> the, oh, did you solve the... Little mystery with the golden snitch oh, before it happened, or did no, you, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get that one ready. Um, in the movie, there's a part that was really funny. Um, at the end, where they're where they bring not dead Harry Potter back to the castle, uh-huh. and Draco's on the side with everybody at Hogwarts, uh-huh. and like Draco's dad is there next to to, uh, to Voldemort, uh-huh. and he goes, Draco, come on over, like. Like, you're embarrassing me in front of the Dark Lord. Hug him. And it's that awkward... <laughs> yeah. Thing. And it's all, Draco, he's watching. Yeah. Come on over. Yeah, the thing is, you can tell the Malfoys are pure blood. They kind of have their pride on the line. But they want nothing to do with Voldemort. You, like, they really don't. His his wife... It's kind of like, oh! like They're like, yeah, we want some of this. And then it's like way, way more than they thought it was going to be. And it's like, oh, no, we don't want that much. Well, yeah, because they... Draco was going to die regardless if he ever, like, they, Draco was supposed to die mm-hmm. until the Unbreakable Vow happened. Because yeah. the thing is, like, he was just a punishment for Malfoy's fuck up. Yeah. You fucked up, I'm going to have your boy do this impossible task, and he will fail and he will die, and that's your fault. And you're not going to bitch about it. But luckily Snape did that Unbreakable Vow, and he took over making sure that... Draco didn't die. Yeah. But then it's like, all of this is just hitting them so hard because they realize their house has been invaded. They threaten his son. They, like, they mean shit to the Dark Lord and the Dark Lord is just tolerating, tolerating <laughs> everybody. They and mean he, shit to the Dark Lord and the Dark Lord means shit to them. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's just a, it's a bummer, but you see it, like, it's just like, it's even just... at the end, even at the end, you see Draco, like, hesitate a lot of the things because he realizes the choices he's made has led him to these, to this position, and like he, I I feel like he doesn't hate Harry as much as he said he did. It, there there were merely just words before, because it gave him some sort of power. But he realizes like none of none of this really fucking matters, and he doesn't want anybody to die. But yeah, he chicken shits out like and like ninety percent of this movie. He's and I he's, feel bad for him at the the this. Book like I feel so bad for that whole family. Yeah, they're shitty families, and they, yeah, they're stuck up, and they're like elitist. They go through the fucking ringer throughout this whole thing, and even when they see him as as an adult at the very end of the book, like he's still embarrassed by 
all the shit that happened. He didn't duct tape Harry's butthole shut or anything. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like well, and that, that fucking Harry tried to fucking kill him. Like, he just... With that fucking... Oh, yeah. That yeah. Was, yeah. If anything, fucking Harry's a goddamn bully this whole damn story. Are you gonna pull the Karate Kid theory? Yeah. <laughs> I just... Uh, I was hoping for more dots. The dots just didn't connect. It just didn't connect for me. I, I, you can't say I didn't try. I fucking yeah. sat through seven books. Did like, you get excited when... Especially in the movie. I think they did a better job in the movie. Where Lestrange is fucking like fighting in the castle, and then they go after the kids, and then fucking Mrs. Weasley's like, "Stay away from my daughter, you bitch!" <laughs> no, <laughs> what was that? Did you tell Sigourney Weaver on her? <laughs> yeah. Stay away from me, you bitch! Because <laughs> everybody tells me like, "Oh, you want to read the other one too?" Like every time I say I want to do the Cruise Child, they're like. Oh, really? Like, everybody does that. Because it's bad, dude. Because it, it's, it, the storytelling in that is bad. I don't know. It's, it's bad. I'll, I'll, I'll be the judge well, of that. Did you... Hold on, hold on. Can it be any worse than this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can So, I wrote these down, so I just want to kind of go over these quick little notes I have for you. Okay. Uh, but it's regarding the master theme, which is, like, the main theme, which is called... The Hed Hedwig's theme? Hedwig's theme is the dun dun dun. dun. Yeah. yeah, so that that song is actually played on an instrument called the cellist. Okay. And it's, the cellist is basically like a mini piano with a pedal on it, so it gives that kind of blur of a sound. Okay. But it's, it's, it kind of sounds like bells, like obviously because of yeah. the theme. So, um, but it's like the way that they use that theme. Because reading, I was reading this thing and I was also watching YouTube about the music of the show or the the, the movie, the movies. This this theme itself is only used on a couple different parts of the movies. It's not used all the time, but it's heavily used in the beginning, first three movies, because John Williams wrote it. But then it's only used at moments of courage and moments of safety. So, so it's like a warm. Yeah, so it's always safe and it's always courageous. It's the only times they use that music. Yeah. So in the Deathly Hollows, it's only played three times, three time ish in the things. Okay. Because it's constantly interrupted. It's done in the beginning and then it's it changes tones like almost immediately in mid like thing because it's supposed to give you a sense like there is no safety here. Like everything is kind of like coming to an end. They're like so it's either giving like a really sense of like loss of hope. Okay. Like, pretty much that hope has been damaged in, in this whole, like, series. And then the last time uh, it's played is in a song called Harry's Sacrifice. And it's the last song right before he, like... He dies. He dies. But it's... The, yeah, it's sorry. him. It's, yeah, dies it's, in the Dark Woods. The Forbidden Force. Dark Woods. Dark Woods. It plays because at this point, Harry has given up everything. Because the way, like, the actual spell that protected Harry that his mom placed on him was because it was a choice. When Voldemort came to kill Harry, James stepped up to defend his family. And there was no spell cast at all. It was one of the, so it was because one of those... it has to be it has to be a choice and you have to do it willingly. Snape told Voldemort, if he can, Don't do not him. kill her. Kill let, him. Let, 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 kill him, not Kill her. him. Let her, let her live, please. And then he was like, okay. And that, because that specific request is the only reason why Voldemort said, I could kill him 
and let you go, or I could kill you both. And she chose to, like, protect his son. So yeah. he ended up dying. And because he, she did that, she made the choice to die willingly to protect someone else, regardless of the outcome, because they were both going to die. Yeah. That's what caused the spell to work. We're here at the end of the story. You have Harry making a choice. He could run away and hide. He could disappear. He could, as he chooses to face his death willingly, it protects everyone at the school. That's why when Voldemort comes back for that final battle at the school, thinking Harry's dead and he's like flopping him around, none of his spells are catching and none of them working because it's like, for one, because the Elder Wand, he's not the master of the Elder Wand, so it's not working. And two, because Harry chose to die willingly, it protected everyone at the school for the same protection that he had with his mom. That's the second time you hear that last Hope song. Another thing about music and about foreshadowing, uh, there is a theme used, I believe, in the first part one of the Deathly Hollows and part two, and it's Lily's theme. Okay. And basically, that theme, that song itself, is used three times in the movie. All, th all three of those scenes are with Snape. Snape being introduced and the song starts to come on. Second time, it's like Snape's death. He's asking Harry to take the memories. And then the last time you you hear that melody is when you see his memories go by yeah. and you see what's going on and you realize that all those things just tying connections and it's just foreshadowing that before you are the viewer of the movie uh -huh. you build that foreshadowing in song to the end you hear that song once you see it twice and it pays off the third time when you realize that it's Lily's song and it's the only reason he did anything was to protect, to protect Lily, and it's, the fact that he failed Lily is to protect like Harry. Like I'm not gonna tell people like don't read this because like some yeah. obviously people the, are into it. The it, movies I tell people watch them. Most people watch them, and that's the only version of like the Potterverse that they. Lisa and I read the first book and the last book, and I'm like, I read more of these books than you. I, like I said, they cut the wrong things out of those movies. Those movies were cut weird. Movies, the pace, the pace in these books, and and for one big story, are weird too. Yeah. I just, I thought it was a good, like ramp up, like from like the return of Voldemort in book four, that you're like, okay, shit, like shit's hitting the fan. You got the, pretty much the whole wizard world thinks like Potter's a piece of shit and a liar because of the quibbler, uh, not the quibbler, but the, the Daily Prophet, prophet yeah. with like Rita Skeeter. And then, like, he got the fucking smear campaign of fucking Dumbledore through the book that came out after his death. And then, oh, I thought that was actually pretty funny. I thought you were going to mention it, too. The book. Or every everybody who mentions Dumbledore because he's dead just keeps saying, well, he was he was a little weird. Uh, just, he, was, he was just hammering. weird. Oh, did, did you ever hear about Dumbledore? About, uh, uh, and it was just like, they wanted to, like... Tell everybody that he was gay, but like they just didn't <laughs> want to do it. No, you never pick that I didn't up. Pick up on that. I didn't pick it up the first time around because I didn't know. This is the second time I read the book, but I didn't know he was gay at the time. But like now that like that's like kind of common knowledge with like Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of funny that like the guy that wrote his obituary is like, well, Dumbledore had a lot of secrets in his past, and like how they, you know, it was just, but it was constant. So I was like, now like knowing that's the case, it makes like a lot of the. It makes this book a lot funnier than, like, where, like, the first time I read it, it was just kind of more of a somber thing. 
Yeah. But yeah, every time they mentioned Double even Aberforth uh, was saying the same thing. He's like, oh, well. He goes, ah, oh, my brother had a lot of secrets, too. And, like, we don't really like to talk about what he did and didn't do. <laughs> Speaking of which, Grindelwald, like, the only thing. Like, oh, if there's wizard fucking. And the, and if then, there's wizard fucking, that brother heard him wizard fuck. Oh, 100%. And then, like, the fact that he, like, knew Grindelwald, too. It, it just, it was all oh, just dirty. Like, Aberforth is there, it's like, Grindelwald, come on, bro, put on a robe, man. <laughs> Aberforth was just like when he was talking about Potter. He goes, "What does he goes? I don't need to know what my brother's fascination is with you." I was like, "Ew!" Because I was just thinking like Dumbledore had like a like a weird wizard boner for Harry. I don't think he like, and was boner. grooming him for his like pool boy, his cabana boy. <laughs> so, did your opinion on Dumbledore change? Because um, mine one hundred percent did. So you didn't like him after this book, or what? I was kind of like, wow, I guess I never fucking knew him, because, like, he fucking straight up well, raised he... Harry to specifically die. Regardless of whether he orchestrated stuff to have it come out the so way then it what, did. Okay, so they well, So okay. rather than, because, like, like, you have to admit, Dumbledore kind of set things up. Okay. So it would, things would happen at the end. So then what like, makes, him, Snape so was supposed what to be makes the, him better than Grindelwald then? Because Snape, well, hold on. Because Snape was supposed to be the master of the Deathly Hollows, mm-hmm. But that plan failed completely. Dumbledore's plan still kind of panned out. But you're telling me that fucking... You literally raised this boy to fucking go on this bullshit fucking mission in the hopes that your plan fucking worked? Which it didn't. It fucking failed. Harry became the master of the, of but, the, the, the Hollows. So then what makes him... What makes Grindelwald shittier than... Because Grindelwald... I mean, outside of the... Grindelwald but, uh, had outside, higher outside. ambition than Dumbledore did. Because Dumbledore... Dumbledore realized he could not be trusted with power. And because of that reason, he held back. And he held back only for the sheer fact that his sister died. His sister's death changed everything. He's less shitty because he does it on a smaller scale. Dumbledore could have been the Ministry of Magic... But he chose not to. He chose to be at the school because he needed to limit himself because he needed less temptations in his life. And then, like, what trouble can you get into as a headmaster of the school? Well, he, mission accomplished. He fucking did it. Yeah. But the thing, though, it's like, he, he, everything he did in his life was all for the, what happened to his sister, how close he came to being Grindelwald's right-hand man. He believes he killed his sister. He believes... Grindelwald might have killed his sister, but both of those things don't comfort him. Like he still loves Grindelwald with all his heart. He still loves his sister with all his heart. He can't live with the fact knowing that he rather live ambiguous reality that like he doesn't know who it was. He doesn't want power because the last time it did it cost him everything. But when the Deathly Hollows appear, he's tempted again. He borrows the cape in, like, in book one just to examine it to see what's going on. At one point, Dumbledore had the possessions of all the Deathly Hollows. How powerful do you need him to be? He had that Elder Wand since book one. He had the cape with him in book one. The fucking ring was going to kill him regardless. He had like a year left because the containment spell could only hold it for so long. But he was going to die too. You mean it? Yeah. You could ask Harry for the cloak at any time, and he could have been—he could have had all three in his hands, but he didn't trust himself with any of those powers because there's, there's no way he can. With the resurrection stone, he would have more than likely used it to bring his sister back to life, but it wouldn't have been her. Yeah, I mean, it would have been like this. 
been a ghost. You know what I mean? And then yeah. like, the, what happened to the perver the, the brother? The brother. He fucking killed himself because he realized he couldn't. It wasn't the same. Yeah. Like so, it was just kind of like a really shitty outcome of the whole thing. I thought the ending was dumb. Like when I got to the end of the book and I saw that Harry named his son Albus Severus Potter. I'm like, dude, fuck you. Because at that point, I was just still... Even now, rereading, I was still mad at at Dumbledore. Like, you fucking manipulated everything because you were greedy. You know what I mean? You, like... Did you even really care for Harry at all? Or was it just all kind of like a means to an end? You, you didn't feel that way at all? Uh, Honestly, like, the way you're like... I'm just... Like, I, any, I, it looks like you care less about I, I, if it's Like I said, I don't know if it's a fantasy genre... I don't know if I just got overloaded on everything. Yeah. Um, it just it just didn't click. Like, and I, 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 I'm not gonna say I got overloaded because I've there's things that I like that I've read that I've that I plowed through. Um, Invincible. Yeah. I plowed through that in like three months. Yeah. All you know, I cut myself up and then I read it to then I was doing monthly to to the end. Like I read it digitally. Once I got caught up and they were announcing like, oh, there's only gonna be like a year left in it. Uh-huh. I I read like through the end. Of the story. Like, I caught up just as they were... Oh, no, I think that's why I caught up. Because they were going to end it. Oh, okay. And so I went back and I caught up and I'm like, oh, I'll just buy the last arc. Or the last, like, couple arcs that they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't even, like, Overload because that was... That's that's a great comic from beginning to end. Hands down, probably in my top ten of, of comic series. Yeah, and I think it's a great comic. I really do. Yeah, and you haven't even finished it. I haven't finished it. I've oh. gotten to the wars, and that's pretty much what I was Oh, about. dude. But, like, even So then, many fucking I, things. I, the, the writing in that, uh, Robert Kirkman, right? Yes. Yeah. Because of that, I read Thief of Thieves. The first couple ones are good, but then after a while, he's it just kind of doing that. petered out. Well, no, no, no. It's not that petered out. It's, it's, it's Nick's... I think it's Nick Spencer writing after that. Oh, uh, okay. And he's just kind of... Um, he, oh, he just okay. kind of gave like, I... outlines, and he was like, here, go write it. Because he was doing Walking Dead. Um, have you read Outcast? No. That's oh, his... you know what? I have a graphic novel around here. Dude. Hey. Outcast is... I like Outcast. See, Walking Dead, I like up to a point. Uh-huh. I just... Fell out of Walking Dead, and the thing about Invincible is that I felt because Kirkman was writing The Walking Dead, being a dark, heavy, serious book, it made Invincible better because where where he where he couldn't where he needed to lighten up the mood, he just wrote Invincible. I think in contrast, this is a better story altogether. What for Invincible? Yeah, no, it is. But the thing is, like, I believe. The reason why it was so, like, funny in places and serious in places is because he had to focus all his serious shit on this, and this was his more, like, cool, let's make a fun comic. Back to Potter, though. I like it. I still want to get a tattoo. And I know it's super cliche now just for the sheer fact of, like, everybody probably has it, but I do want to get a Dark Mark tattooed on me. Uh, Voldemort's biggest fear is death. So his whole thing is that he's trying to like overcome death, but he never he never really believed in the Deathly Hallows. He didn't really know about them, so that's not his his mo. His mo is just trying to like figure out how to live forever. Yeah, hence why he made the Horcruxes. But um, the symbol for his his dark, dark mark, mark 
when he like casts it into the the hair. Mm-hmm. I forget what Latin verbiage it is, but it's like death. The eater of death okay. is the name of the thing, and then it's the skull and the snake coming out of it. The symbol for eternity. You know that that snake that serpentines itself yeah. and eats its own tail because it's never ending. It's always yeah. It's always living. So that's what that represents. It basically that the one who casts that is the one who will eat death, being that he will conquer death and he will live forever. That's what that Death Eaters is about. It's about immortality. Okay. All right, Forrest. So coming next week, I have a super treat for you. What's that? We're going to be watching one of the greatest animes known to mankind, Cowboy Bebop. Not a huge fan of anime. I picked this specifically for the sheer fact that it's mainly based on music itself. Okay. All the fighting, all like the action is based off of music, and I think you'll dig it because there's a lot of jazz in it. So okay, yeah. I'll, I'll give it a look. Yeah. Um, my frame of reference for anime, and I don't think anybody ever considers the anime is Pokemon? Speed Racer. No, Speed Racer. Oh, Speed Racer. Yeah, great anime. Oh, okay, <laughs> so they, do they consider it anime? Because I never, whenever they talk about like great animes, they never include Speed Racer. But is it kind of like, is it kind of like the the stooges of anime? No, I would say it's more like. Um, Ooh, that's a great question. What were the Tom and Jerry of anime? The, the Tom and Jerry, like like the, like the Stooges, like is it like Tom and Jerry? Is what you're saying? Yeah, okay. I mean, it's, kinda... it's, just, it's good. It's just older, so people are more about newer stuff. Okay, so it's more of the Tom and Jerry, like so like Astro Boy. Astro Boy is such a great anime, and like like Gigantor and Speed Racer are kind of like the early ones. I yeah, mean, I know early predecessors like... towards it. Yeah, because like the anime itself gets really just stylized the more you go onto it, but. Let's just hold this conversation for next week. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening this week. If you want to comment on the show or if you have any questions, uh, you can hit us up on Instagram at yhblankthat, and you can email us at yhblankthat at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody.